This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, on today's episode of the podcast, I sat down and chatted with Lance Kangas. Lance is the owner of Thrive Chiropractic here in Houghton, Michigan. Uh, We got into a lot of things, how we got into the chiropractic world, uh, what inspired him to do that, just the thought processes, philosophies and stuff that go along with that. Uh, And I appreciate Lance, he let me kind of pick his brain and and kind of bounce some things that I'm working through off of him uh, and relate that to like life and well-being and enjoying where you're at, stuff like that. Uh, But yeah, really enjoyed this chat with Lance. Uh, If you guys want, go check him out on his different websites, Thrive Chiropractic or on his social media pages at Thrive Chiropractic. Uh, Yeah, really had fun with this one. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Lance, thanks for coming in today. Hey, Logan. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, So I have a tendency, there's certain... (sighs) I've done quite a few of these, right? And I have a tendency in certain times, like I've got, I don't pre-plan question, but tons of areas and tons of rabbit holes that I think I want to go down. Yeah. But instead of doing that, I'd rather, let's just stick to the process more of learning, like where did chiropractic care come from for you? Yeah. What is it meant for you? But then I think through that, we'll get to a lot of the questions that I have as far as like lifestyle choices and things like that. Um, so let's get into that. If yeah, you don't mind, yeah, just your yeah. history. Let's jump into it what got you into it? What was that like? What inspired you to go down that path? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what first inspired me was, um, some sports injuries when I was playing high school sports, I was pretty big into hockey. Um, took it pretty serious. So when I had an injury, I was usually pretty good about trying to figure out what was going on and try and get back playing as quick as I could. Um, and I've had some success with going to the chiropractor through those sports injuries. And what always appealed to me the most was it was one of the very few, appointments you actually look forward to mm-hmm. um like dentist man that i hate those they're just grinding away at your teeth there's buzzing tools usually pretty painful um medical doctor visits usually you weren't there for anything too fun or special um and so it's one of the very few appointments that i found i actually looked forward to so yeah. i was like oh that, that's pretty cool to to look forward to going to a, an appointment um and so then you see the relief that you get with it and it's pretty cool because it's it's a little bit more of a immediate relief sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of feel right away, right? Yeah. Especially if they're doing like the classic adjustment, you feel that pop right away. You feel that release. Uh, they're doing some muscle work on tight muscles. You can feel that the loose, how loose it is, how it feels better right afterwards. Um, and so that's what kind of definitely sparked my interest in it um, and seeing those results right away. And that's kind of what got me into it was sports injuries. Mm-hmm. From there, I went into school and it kind of opened up my view of what it truly is as far as the scope of practice realize how much you can actually do with chiropractic care um and so that that opened it up for looking at the body as a whole trying to uh not only just adjust the body but how to affect it in other ways is what they use the three prong approach of physical which is the 
physical aspect of your health. So mm-hmm. the skeleton, the muscles, the hands-on work, physical aspect, um, the chemical aspect, which is now what you put into your body. So for example, um, you can help people out adjusting them, but if they're pounding away the sugar, they're going to develop, eventually usually develop type two diabetes. You can adjust them all you want at the segments that, af- that affect the pancreas. Um, cause maybe we'll talk more about that too, about end organ function, but you can adjust them at the segment where the nervous system regulates the pancreas, which puts out the hormone insulin, which determines if you get diabetes or not, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can pound away on that segment, but if they're pounding their sugar, it's, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. And so there's that chemical aspect too. And then obviously a big part of health is, is, is what we know, mental health. Um, and that's what we think of for easing mental stress, mental health. Um, you know, there, there's a big, big aspect there. Yeah. For sure. And tons of rabbit holes, right? Which you, you could obviously yeah. attest to, but, yeah. uh, when you went to school, which again, we'll want to touch on them, but when you went to school right after high school, did you go into a chiropractic program right away or you go to an undergrad program first or how did that work? Yeah. Um, so you have to have before entering chiropractic program, you have to have either the full four year bachelor degree, mm-hmm. 120 credits, or you can get 90 credits, which is technically like a three year, um, prior to going as mm-hmm. long as you get it in the credits that they want you to get it so um i figured hey why not save some time why not save some money the things that i'm going to be using in clinical practice is going to come from chiropractic school not from my undergrad mm-hmm. so um that that's what i did saved a year did three years 90 credits and then went to chiropractic school okay uh and then so you went to chiropractic school where did you go to school at in the for the chiropractor school? yeah chiropractic school was in Minneapolis, like Twin Cities area. Okay. Bloomington. Okay. Uh, Northwestern Health Sciences. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. So, but then when you had the interest, you had the initial interest from those early appointments, do you have an interest in health or wellness prior to that or something like that? Or I, Cause I had a similar, I mean, I had a similar appreciation, played sports, had the same thing, but it obviously just depends what speaks to people. But I'm curious cause like I didn't have the same draw to hate, let's go be a chiropractor. Uh, I'm just curious, trying to find that that difference in you that made you say, "Yeah, let's go do that." I guess. Yeah, um, it was it was for sure that original sports injuries that kind of sparked it. Like I said, looking forward to that appointment. Mm-hmm. You know how cool that is that you actually look forward to that appointment and you you want to go there and feel better. Um, as far as the overall nutrition, wellness, just just overall health outside of musculoskeletal pain, mm-hmm. was there something that drove me there? Um, not, not a hundred percent. It was, it was mostly the musculoskeletal that drove me there from those original injuries. But as I got into school, I realized how much diet and overall health plays on your, on your, on your health, that, Mm. that whole, the whole body version. And how I realized that is the other part of my health story is not only the sports injuries, but late college or, or late high school, early college, I started getting um, some pretty severe hives on my skin. Hmm. So I would, I would swell up. I'd get really itchy. I would scratch it. It would turn like puffy red. And I don't know if you've seen hives, but wherever you scratch, you could like write your name on your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see it puff up perfectly. So you can just write a full book there on your skin and it'll puff up. It'll swell up red, um, almost like blistery a little bit. And I didn't realize how much the health aspect played on that. I, I was always more of like a Western mindset of, you know, 
try some medication. I guess if I take a pill, that's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't realize how much diet played a role in your health other than the tasting good in your mouth Mm -hmm. until I started playing around with it in school and got some remarkable outcomes on my skin condition. Hmm. And so what happened was I started playing around with my diet. I removed some triggers and pretty soon I didn't have to take that pill anymore because when I had that first diagnosis hives in, in high school, I went to the hospital, they tested for the immediate IgE allergy Mm -hmm. and they couldn't find any on me. And so they gave me a, a pill that essentially would suppress my immune system, suppress the histamine response, which is part of the immune system. And I'd take one of those every day. And if mm-hmm. I didn't take it, I would get severely itchy. I wake up in the middle of the night, just scratching my head, hmm. um, very miserable. I, I had to always have those on me, take one a day. And pretty soon when I went into chiropractic school, I started removing a few things from my diet that was really inflammatory and affecting me. Um, and once again, let me remind you, 70 to 80% of our immune system is in our gut. Mm-hmm. So if you want to tick off your immune system, just put something inside of you that it doesn't like. Right. And it'll flare up. And that's what I was doing. I was I was having an immune response to foods I was eating. And so when I removed those, pretty soon I realized I was taking my, my pill um, like every other day, every few days, pretty soon it was once a week. And then pretty soon it was like, I don't know if, I don't see a difference if I take it or not, I'm just not gonna take it anymore. Hmm. And, and that's what cleared it up. Um, funny enough, you think of like chiropractic and health, you think of like the nutrition and supplements and all that kind of stuff. Um, it wasn't supplements that cured me. It wasn't medication that cured me. It was simply my, my diet and lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and so that was like a reconfirmation of the field in general, I guess yeah. you'd say, right? So, so yeah. that's why when you ask me, did it get me into the school in the first place? That didn't drive me into the school. I originally went there because of the success I had with musculoskeletal pain. Right. Because I didn't figure this out until I was in chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, look at look at the effects that this can have on your body. Right. Um, and so that that part didn't dawn on me until I was already in school. But it, like you said, it gave me that reassurance of um, how powerful it is to watch what you do to your body and what kind of health outcomes that there can be mm-hmm. and kind of how important health is. Yeah. No, there's a lot of things... I don't come into these pre-planning questions at all, but I will stew on it. Like, man, what, what would be interesting to dive into or what would, what would yeah. be, and a big part of my world is some recent health things that you've helped me out with a little bit on, or we've talked or discussed a little bit on, um, but just some dis- different health things that I'm working through on the diet side of things, stuff like that. But also the, I was thinking about the fact that you look at, and I should even call out some of my biases in general, if I can avoid uh, medicine I'm going to, right. Yeah. If in general, if I can avoid the traditional hospital setting, I'm going to just, yeah. so I think you're better off figuring out what's the root cause of whatever the issue is, whatever. Mm-hmm. So having that bias, I'm naturally going to lean towards whatever that mindset is or whatever, but, um, is that in general, it feels like, I guess I'm curious about like, and we can get into that now or later, but it feels like there could be a lot of unhealthy doctors, but you don't meet very many unhealthy chiropractors. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, you definitely see that where, where the traditional like medical doctors, um, you know, you'll see they'll be overweight Mm kind of hobbling around and this isn't all of them, right? This is, this is generalizing, but, um, you'll see that they're pretty unhealthy. Um, and so it makes you wonder, you know, how, if you're trying to tell me how to run my health, are you sure you know how to 
are you sure you know what to tell me to truly make me healthy mm-hmm. or are you just getting me free of symptoms? Right. Um, and so you can definitely take a look at that and kind of judge your health on who's going to, who's going to control my health based on how healthy they look. Yeah. Um, or how healthy they are. Yeah. If, if you have, if you have someone trying to tell you how to get a job and how to be employed, but they're unemployed, what's the point of listening to them? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Kind of like a never trust a skinny chef. Yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. They, they, yeah. That as well. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there, there is aspects of it. You could understand like this doctor who's unhealthy. It probably speaks to their work-life balance on average. Yeah. Right? A lot of these guys are probably pushed beyond the brink of guys and girls are pushed beyond the brink of what is uh, healthy on like a work-life balance. I'm just picturing that to be normal. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that goes back to, pro- I was just watching some videos before you hopped in about like some chiropractic mindsets. And I guess that's what I'm curious about too, is like this high order chiropractic thinking is, uh, that's a part of it, right? That work-life balance, that mental health, that side of things that yep. if you're not aware of that. And that's what I'm working through right now is yeah. trying to figure that aspect of my life out and what is stress and yeah. all this stuff that feels like in the traditional medical route is not even part of the conversation. Yeah, right. It, absolutely. Um, and you talk about that stress work-life balance and how it affects your health. You know, you look at the college students, what's the time of the year they get, they get sick and it's, it's uh, exam exam time. Mm-hmm. It's because they're stressed out. They're not getting their sleep. Uh, their work life balance is not balanced. Right. Um, and that goes to show you how stress, mental stress, will affect your health. It, it plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. But do be, are, again, because that's something I'm working on. I don't want to focus on me uh, in the, through this conversation. But the stress side of things, like, is that something people are aware of? Because I feel like that's something I'm working on through some of my health stuff. Uh, but it doesn't, like if you'd asked me a year ago, I'm not stressed. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't, but I think if you are stressed, you're unaware of it. But I also go through this mental act of like, well, put your boots on and get to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who yeah. cares, right? Yeah. There's some truth to that, I think in times, but also being mindful of it and aware of it. I think if you're not, maybe you're doing yourself a disservice. But anyways, do people in general feel when they're stressed or on average are most people when they're stressed totally unaware of it? Do you know that? Um, some of it is is unaware of how stressed they really are. Mm-hmm. But the majority of it, I believe they're aware of how stressed they are. They're just, they just don't know what to do for it. Okay. They know that, yeah, everyone tells you, go get some fresh air, go for a walk, go do this. But rarely do they actually just go do it, right? They, mm-hmm. They're not, they don't really know what to do, even though they know the stress is there. Um, and you got to look at what your stress is. Because if you're stressed out about um, not finishing a project and you're doing something else, wasting your time, mm-hmm. well, then maybe you should just go finish that project and you won't be as stressed. Right. Um, but now if you're working too much and you're just stressed out about working a little break, that's where it's like, you got to realize there's different lifestyle things that will help manage stress without a doubt, Mm -hmm. physical exercise, lifting weights, getting outside, fresh air. Um, if you're doing all that, you're still stressed. You got to understand that there's nutritional products that can help manage the stress response without Mm -hmm. a doubt. Um, and so there's a lot of support out there and people just don't always know what what's really out there that they can do to help manage it Mm -hmm. so oh that makes sense uh but thinking about that then like the high order and i guess you could even speak to going through your your schooling and then where you're at currently talking about the fact that there's not very many unhealthy chiropractors is there like some there 
I'm assuming there must be, but can you get into like, is there like a universal or generally accepted, like high order thinking or philosophy of chiropractic that speaks to that and what that is and, and what that entails? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with, um, it's people who are, <clears throat> a lot of times it's people who have failed with the medical route. So mm-hmm. they're looking for an alternative route. Um, there's some of that. And so that leads them to research more, look into their health and try and figure out how to truly be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the people who they realize that there's more out there that can affect their health, mm-hmm. whether they had a previous experience that led them down that path or not. Um, you know, a lot of like people who were in my class, for example, a lot of them were athletes Yeah, and they were always trying to push their performance better. And so when you're trying to push your performance better, usually you're more knowledgeable or aware of how to be healthy, how to feel better, what kind of makes you feel like crap, what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and they understand, you know, your body's got to, is meant to move. It's got to move. They understand nutrition plays a big role. Um, like thinking about my cohort, my class, very few of them, there was a few who, you know, looked unhealthy, but for the most part, a lot of them were previous athletes or had a previous health experience that didn't go as well. And they knew there was something more that can be done to, mm-hmm. to get true health. Um, or some of them, they were just, you know, big nutrition junkies and they, they understood how diet can affect them. Mm-hmm. And so the overall thinking in general is there's more that you can do than pop a pill. And it's a lot with, um, diet and lifestyle and proper movement and things like that. Yeah. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Do they... Cause there must be variability within chiropractors of how they approach different aspects of these. And some are more honed in on this versus this versus this, whatever. But when you're going through chiropractic school again, is there, do you get it just through exposure or is there like a high order reasoning of these three approaches to life or something like that? Again, is that, I guess I'm just curious how it's packaged and how it's delivered to you as a student and how you receive that. And is it more of just like a, Hey, shotgun effect, or is there like some high order functioning? I guess if that question makes sense, I don't know. And you've kind of touched on some of it, but yeah. So you, so you're wondering how, um, as far as the, like philosophy of chiropractic okay. and, and again, the fact that you have this, you've talked about your phys, you know, the physical aspect, yeah. the chemical yeah. aspect and the mental health yeah. aspect, like, is that, I guess I'm interested in structure. Yeah. You know, like, is that laid out from the start or is that something that you as a chiropractor, you got to kind of find your way through that, uh, through the fact of like, Hey, we're going to expose you to all this stuff and you lean in on what's important to you. Or is it like from day one, you're, we're talking about, okay, this, again, this high order philosophy or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, the schools, what they try and put together for you is is a lot of physical based. Okay. It's, it's a lot of that physical side. They're teaching you um, so you're very knowledgeable about the body as far as how the muscles work, the joints work, the skeletal system. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you get the full overview of how the digestive tract and the whole how the whole body works. Um, but now as far as jumping into it, into the chemical side, like the nutrition and diet aspect, chiropractors do have more nutrition class than basically any other doctor out there other than a nutritionist sure. is kind of what I've seen. Um, definitely more nutrition classes than almost any other profession um and so they do teach it but like for myself you got to go learn it outside of school they they get you prepared to pass your board exams they get you prepared to um understand the body and how it works and how to adjust effectively and how to work the muscle uh the muscles the muscle system of the body Mm -hmm. um but a lot of that chemical and mental side that we talked about is more so learning it outside of school mm-hmm. and obviously they set up extracurricular programs that you can do at school that are outside of their credentialing but it's it's still through the school kind of sure um like seminars that held at the school and so they give you those kind of things and those definitely help you out throughout school um but it's not necessarily a key component of their coursework sure um they're getting you knowledgeable enough to adjust people and be effective physical wise mm-hmm. when we talk about the physical adjustments and hands-on work um and then yeah we do take nutrition classes um which gives you some good insight but do they truly dive into how to look at all these different conditions and how to treat them nutritionally or, or what to do or how to test them or, or how to look at the body no it's more um general nutrition getting you to understand how nutrition works in the body um they don't give you tons of insight in there. Sure. So more heavy on the physical side of things. Yeah. Uh, and then if, if a chiropractor in general, like you are going to dive into again, like heavy duty into the nutrition and the mental health and the stress and that side of things, that's almost self-driven is what you're saying. Yeah. There's a lot of extra, um, programs, seminars, um, that you can be a part of and learn them mm-hmm. through those, those kind of programs, extracurricular programs. Yeah. yeah. But it feels like there's a, either the door is open for you or the natural mindset of somebody that's going to be a chiropractor is more inclined to dive into some of those things compared to, I guess, again, the, in the traditional medical field, you're so specialized. I learned about the ear that yeah. goes in the throat. Right? Yeah. So for them to go out and say, yeah. all of a sudden, what does nutrition mean for this? Yeah. Is just so out in left field. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas you're taking a more whole look at the, yeah. the body or something like that. So it just opens the door and invites that. Um, but I guess I was just curious about that because it feels like there's a ton of like in the chiropractic community or whatever it is, it feels like there is this m- more openness to the fact that your body is a system. Yeah. Uh, and, and that it's not a, let's look at this one symptom necessarily. I don't know. Yep. How to, uh, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, I do give credit to the chiropractic school chiropractic schools for doing that they they make you understand the body as a whole and how one thing can affect another and Mm -hmm. how it's not just individual symptoms that control themselves right um because like you said if you go in the medical world and i've dealt with handfuls of patients who've brought their stories to me in in my office already um where they're i've seen this specialist for this issue uh then they they seen this was going on. So they sent me to the other specialist for another issue. Um, and then 
something a little bit changed. So then they sent me to a third specialist. Um, basically, they're seeing a bunch of different doctors who actually rarely communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're just treating the body as if they're all these different systems, mm-hmm. but they all affect each other. And so you're definitely losing a piece of communication there if you're not looking at how the body affects all the different systems as a whole and you break them down into each one mm-hmm. um, because each system plays a role in each and every one and they affect each other. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good analogy is like if you were to smash your finger, your heart rate goes up, right? So that's an analogy of how the someone would say, is your finger connected to your heart? Their first response, no. Uh, but that's how you could prove it. But to go more in depth, as far as how the different organ systems are tied to each other, there's no ind- no system that runs independent. And so the chiropractic schools do a really good job of, like you said, opening the doors um, to getting you to understand that they do all work together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I guess some of these worlds are like, again, like I put like chiropractic school, law school, medical school, and these same things have just totally foreign to me. So I guess I, there's a, just a curiosity of what is that like? What is the structure like? And again, I'm interested in like the, the uh, taking a step back philosophical approach and laying the groundwork before you dive into these things. And I'm curious if these other structures do that because it feels like you could learn something, but if you're not learning it with the right frame of mind, you're not necessarily, or like a goal or something yeah, like that, right? Right. Uh, you're not necessarily taking the same or the correct thing away from it. Although you could argue that let each person take away what they want to take away from it. I'm not right. sure, but um, yeah, just thinking about that side yeah. of things. Uh, for you then through that process, you got through school and then you, now you have your own practice. What's that experience like? I mean, you have a delay of seven, eight years or whatever, however long it takes to get through school and now to be practicing. Is that pretty cool? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a big change. It's funny. The first, first day, first week, it's just like, wow, I can't, can't believe I'm here. I'm actually doing it. I'm actually getting paid for it now. Um, because you work so long to finally get there. So when it's your first day, first week, it's just like, it, it just feels surreal. It's kind of funny that you're actually doing it in the real world now getting for your job getting paid mm-hmm. um yeah so it's for my like i said i saved a year so i did three years undergrad the chiropractic programs three and a third years so overall for me six and a third years of schooling that i did mm-hmm. and the chiropractic schooling is year round so summer times you're going straight through you get a couple week break in between each semester um so it's definitely intense it gets intense yeah. um so a lot of schooling and then once you get in practice, I started in the start of December. So you have to wait a little bit of time for the state to get you licensed. Uh, so there's a little month pause waiting for that. Um, but graduated in, in the fall, started early de- December was my first day open. And now basically four months open now. And things seem like they're always picking up, getting busier and busier. Um, and it has been, been a lot of fun, a, a fun journey to work towards and fun to be uh on the actual in the trenches work now. Yeah. Right. Cause it's never as real. I mean, I, I suppose you do a lot of training and practice and even shadowing or whatever else through the schooling side of things. But once it's you on your own, you're helping these clients, they're coming, there's like a, uh, a physical exchange of money, whatever else it's a, it's a different dynamic. Eh? Yeah. A, a big change for yeah. sure. Um, and it's a huge, it's a huge workload put on you, right? It's, it's up to you now to figure these things out versus, banking on the people that you were interning under. Hey, yeah. 
you know, I was thinking this was going on. What do you think about this? And you mm-hmm. get that confirmation or that tweaking of what you think is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's all on your shoulders. So it's, it's definitely a big change, but, um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you had, a uh, within that structure, okay, you started a practice and you're, you're, you, I guess, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Can you give me a, a, a structure of how you like to look at things? Meaning like your practice right now, if somebody comes in, they can work on the physical, they can, you work on some diet stuff, like stuff like that. Can you get into like what you like to focus on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can you get into that? For sure. Um, so one, it depends on what they're coming in as far as how they present. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's your classic sore back, achy muscles, which that kind of stuff, um, can be affected by, by diet. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if you put something inflammatory inside your body, like I said, you got to look at those signs and symptoms. Your body's always putting out signs and you got to be able to look at them and read them. Um, and I use the analogy of of a car. You have the dash lights, the, the dash lights on the dash there, and they start flashing at you if something's going on. Flat tire, um, this sensor is off, check engine light. And essentially, you got to look at your dash lights for your body. Mine, when I was telling you my health story, mine was at the hives that popped up on my skin. You see, you know something's going wrong inside your body there, and you got to figure out how to read that sign and figure out how to kind of tweak it. And so that's how I use, I kind of use that thought process to leverage the treatment plans with my patients mm-hmm. is how do they present? Is it your classic musculoskeletal issue because they pushed it, they're a weakened warrior and they pushed it, and now you know it's a joint and muscle issue because mm-hmm. they, they physically pushed it too hard um, because golf season coming up they let's say they haven't golfed in nine months now um and they get their buddies together and they go play four rounds of golf in in two days um you're, you're pretty certain they push the physical aspect mm-hmm. um but looking at their other signs and symptoms how they present with more systemic symptoms let's say they have some gut complaints going on they got uh chronic joint pain or um different hormone changes or skin skin changes things like that that's starting to tell you that maybe you got to dive more into the chemical side mm-hmm. and that's where you start doing some of the some of the testing um see where things are off in their body and, and how to support it so it's a lot about reading the dash lights right um the body does give you signs and symptoms and you just got to be able to look at them pick them up and know where to begin with them where to test where to dive deeper uh and where to support their body yeah and then with that like I guess my question was like, if you had an ideal, like in 10 years, you're focusing on X, like this is it, or you want to get towards this direction or that direction. And I guess I feel like the answer is more, not necessarily that you want to go a certain direction. It's just more approach each situation and see what the clues are essentially, or something like that. I mean, is that, that's not even a question necessarily, but can you touch on that? Like, is, do you have a, uh, a ideal situation of what your practice would be or are you already there maybe you know i don't don't, know there's definitely a lot of work to do there um my ideal practice is i would love to keep a busy high-paced practice it's fun to see new patients it's fun to chat with them and and continuously jump around move around um and keep a high-paced day so the ideal practice would be um seeing a a lot of the musculoskeletal side like Mm -hmm. um it's so it's so fun seeing the the people especially like the younger high school athletes, people who care about their performance. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun to work with them because they, they really care about it. They're really trying to feel better. They're really trying to get their performance better. Um, so ideally, you are you got a good mix of all the different age groups, but it's a lot of fun to deal with those 
athletes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but always keeping it a family practice, meaning it's, it's fun to see the whole family, not just athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always like to say it, a family practice, athlete care, mm-hmm. it working with sports injuries and helping them perform better. Um, and then having about 40% of it being that chemical testing and diving more into the chronic issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do love the hands-on work, trying to figure out what's going on inside of someone's body. Why is a certain area of the body hurting, a joint hurting? Um, Why have they had this chronic pain in their knee for five years? It's fun doing the hands-on work for sure. Mm -hmm. So, It's weird. There's a... like thinking about that and, and talking about that again, I'm pretty familiar from like a lay person term of, of what some of these things are just from, I got my own health things that I'm working through and stuff like that. But it's weird to me that like, again, sometimes I like to think, okay, we're having this conversation. It like, to me, it makes total sense, but what's somebody listening to this? If, if somebody's gonna get frustrated over the conversation or think like, where are these guys coming from? It's probably over the debate of like uh, traditional medicine versus chiropractic. And like, it's weird to me that that's even a debate because it, I mean, it's got to be right, I guess, but I don't know. I guess just thinking about that, the fact that that's a debate seems weird. Like how could somebody refute the thought of chiropractic care and the thought of the whole body system working together or whatever else? And why can't these two things like live together necessarily, but obviously Mm -hmm. you've got competing interests Mm -hmm. and whatever else. So that's an aspect I'm thinking of. Uh, But then there's things within, I don't know, there's just a bunch of rabbit holes that I like, I have an inclination to go down, but like in this setting, I don't know if you want to or whatever, but um and then even things again that I'm working with on the, uh, some I've talked a little bit about, about on here is some history of some autoimmune stuff mm-hmm. or not history, recent history of yeah. working through that yeah. and working through food testing with the wellness way down yeah. in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, and then talking to them and talking to you and working through some of that. Um, I don't know. There's just so many rabbit holes that I could just go on forever, but it almost puts you in an unfair position. Like basically like, Hey, give me the answers to all the secrets of life of health and wellness and whatever, you know? Uh, I don't even know where to go from there, I guess. No, it's, um, like you said, it, it's, it really shouldn't be a debate as much as it is as far as the, the conservative care, or like chiropractic care right. versus the med- Western medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I, I think they should be there for the medical emergencies because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not fit to do that job. I'm not fit to give a surgery. I'm not fit to do something like that. Right. Um, or like a really bad current infection, um, Obviously, you got to get that infection wiped out of your body first before you can start going further with your health. Because if you don't, infection could take you over and kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. I, I get it. Medical care is there for a reason. And it's we're very fortunate they're there. Um, but like, for example, you brought up autoimmune. The people who are very resistant to conservative care, like like our chiropractic care, when it comes to those kind of conditions, um, it, it's just so so mind-blowing it's they would rather go take a medication that suppresses your immune system Mm -hmm. every single day for their autoimmune condition they'd rather go take something that would suppress their immune system rather than figuring out why the immune system is kind of flared up in the first place Mm -hmm. and so it's it's just like you got to dive a little bit deeper as far as why is something like i said earlier you got to look at the signs your body's giving you if your immune system's flared up probably because you're something you're doing to it. Yeah. It's most likely because of something you're putting in your body because 70, 80% of your immune systems in your gut. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you want to take it off, put something inside your gut. It doesn't like, right. Um, and so it's just so funny that people are, they'd rather go take a pill every single day and not look into it at all 
and be so resistant to to a like a chiropractic care or an alternative care outside of um, modern day medicine. Right. Right. But so hundred percent on board with that. Like I agree with you. Obviously that's the path I'm going down is had joint pain and working through the, uh, again, the food testing and the diet and, and more recently stress trying to figure out that side of life and, and work on the whole picture because again, it's all these moving parts, but the, some of the mental loop that I go through is like, okay, the argument there is like, okay, you're in this state of immune issues, right? That's an elevated state mm-hmm. of your body. However mm-hmm. you look at it, you've got these problems going on, fix the diet, fix this and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But then it feels like there's this thing where you're never actually back to this baseline where you could, not that I'm going to, but I'm saying like, you could go back and drink a Mountain Dew and you're okay. But it feels like you're for the rest of my life, I will never drink Mountain Dew. I'll never eat a little Caesar's mm-hmm. pizza mm-hmm. Um, because that'll tip me over the edge. And maybe that's not the case. And maybe the person who isn't tipped over the edge uh, is doing equal amount of damage to their body. It's just not showing itself mm-hmm. necessarily. But that's kind of the loop I go around is like, it feels like there's this thought process of like, no, you don't have this autoimmune thing. It's just diet related, fix mm-hmm. the diet, fix this, whatever else. But why don't you ever get back to the point where, um, you can then enjoy a mountain dew. And again, I'm, I'm not even saying I want to, but I'm just using mm-hmm. that as a placeholder mm-hmm. of like, I don't know. That's a, just the mental gymnastics that I go through in that loop. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, a big part of it, I think is you start to understand how good you feel without it. Sure. So once you add it back in, you realize how crappy it makes you feel. Yeah. Um, it's like if you had cologne and you spray it on you one day right and by the end of the week you don't really smell it anymore so you got to spray more and more and more mm-hmm. to keep smelling it um and it's it's kind of that same thing so once you take that clone away and now you bring it back it, you notice it a lot more sure um and so i think a big part of it is you notice how it affects you right um another big part of it is your immune system and your gut become adapting to this new healthy version of you mm-hmm. and it's that immune system's not getting worn down by all the stuff you're putting inside of it. Sure. Um, and so then once you overload it again and it, is, it hasn't been used to that in a long time now, now it responds to that a lot more huh. and, and kind of flags it and causes a lot more. Um, you, you start to notice it a lot more because of that. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. No, and it puts you in an unfair position, right? Like, cause it's so subjective to each person, whatever else, but just talking through that of some of the, the, the loops that I go through and thinking about some of that, but also just thinking on the high order picture of, again, it feels like there's this debate necessary, or there could be this debate, um, of chiropractic care versus that. And it doesn't even feel like there should be, but again, it just seems like the answer to me is so simple. Like look at the whole picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Read the signs, right? There's, there's gotta be something going on inside your body. If, if there's something happening to your body, some kind of symptom, some kind of, um, ache, pain, uh, something you notice new on your skin, something like, it's just, it's doing it for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to be a reason why, why it's there. For example, if I, um, if I give you a big five star on the back and it swells up red where my hand was, there's a reason why it's there. It was there because I I smacked you really hard. Mm -hmm. So there's always a reason why there's something going on in the body and you just got to figure out what that reason is. Um, your body's never going to just give you, put out a symptom for no reason whatsoever. Right. It would never do that. Your body's designed to be healthy, to function properly. Um, and it's designed to give you these symptoms so you can catch on and realize it when things aren't going so good. <clears throat> um, so 
that's a big part that people got to work on is noticing when things are starting to go off mm-hmm. and kind of pay attention to it and take action with it before it becomes a big, big problem. And now they have bigger issues down the road. Yeah. What's your overall, like, so I'm talking about some of these things specific to me and bringing up, you could say hot button issues. What's your, I'm just curious and we can take this part out, but what's your overall comfort level? Like on that end, knowing that this would go out there, people would hear this. Like, are these like hot button issues? You're like, Hey, let's not even get into them. Or is it total comfort? Like, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, pretty comfortable about it. Um, obviously I, can't do certain like as a chiropractor in Michigan, I'm not allowed to diagnose, prescribe, treat to any certain kind of condition. Sure. So when someone comes in for their functional health appointment and we're working with stuff um, other than just cracking their back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't diagnose or technically treat that condition we're working on. Sure. Even though they'll get more relief than they have with anybody else, but I still can't say I'm I'm treating it right. because you're legally not allowed to say that unless you have a medication. So, sure. um, yeah, I'm open to talk about it, but as far as when you look at what, what you do in the office, yeah, it's funny. You're working on these different things and you're seeing some great results, some great improvements and the patients notice it too, but yet you can't admit that you're treating them for hmm. that. So <laughs> crazy. Uh, no, I just curious again, because you could look at it like if you were like this clean, polished, marketing guru you would never step outside the lines yeah right you'd never say something controversial yeah uh so i just curious from your perspective what that looked like yeah no definitely uh, open um and i think my patients know it too we, we chat about basically anything that's going on with them and yeah make sure they have some insight of, of what to do yeah what about to <clears throat> I've always had this thought is like, okay, you go to recently went to you and I had this issue in my foot and you talked about this nerve that goes between this and this condition and whatever, uh, or this symptom and what that looks like is like, how do you remember that all? I mean, you've, I mean, through just intense schooling, like I go through an anatomy class and I'm going to forget it in two <laughs> months. You know what I mean? How do you remember all the different aspects? And is it because you've been working on it so long or it just feels like there's this thing where you could, like, do you have like a mental map? Are you referring back to schooling? Do you, what are you, what are you pulling from to get? Yeah, no, that's a good question. It is, um, the chiropractic schooling is very intense. Yeah. Their anatomy courses, I mean, you got to know the body inside and out, um, to a very, very specific level of not only where, um, the muscle attaches to these certain areas of the bone, but you got to know the actual little bump on the bone that mm-hmm. it attaches to. You got to know the name of that, what part it attaches to. You know it in some really d- deep... <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this. You understand it to a very deep level. Yeah. Um, they push it very hard on you and they do a very good job of that. And and so a lot of it's reflecting what you learned in those classes because they push it so hard on you and you had to understand it at such a deep level, it's easy to reflect back on it. Okay. And so it's, you know, I thank them for doing that. At the time it was... It sucked. Yeah. It sucked going through it. Um, now that I'm at, I'm done with it, I'm I'm very thankful that they push us that hard because now it makes it a lot easier to reflect on those and remember what's going on here and what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously, like with anything, it's it's continuous training, continuous learning. Um, not sure what's going on here. You got to hop on um, the books, the educational books you have or online, start Googling things. Um, oh yeah, I remember, I remember this nerve can affect this area of the body. I remember that, um, this muscle is commonly strained in this area, the tendon, uh, you you just start recalling different things and continuously learning to figure it out. If, if, if you're having troubles truly assessing what's happening with that patient. Hmm. 
Yeah, I just, I'm always blown away about that. Again, any doctor I've been to where they can just whip out this term and that term. And I mean, obviously it just comes with time and whatever else, but it's gotta be too, the real world application teaches you so much so quick. Uh, meaning it sticks more once you're actually doing it. Although you're probably doing a lot of it in school as well too. Yeah, you do a lot of it in school. The intern programs that you do before you graduate, um, obviously you pick up a lot of tips and pointers there you're putting together the pieces, the puzzle pieces that you learned in class. Um, and then the docs that you're interning under, they're helping you put those puzzle pieces together in clinical practice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, I remember learning this and this is what you do for it. Um, and so doing that hands-on work through your internships definitely helps solidify some of the knowledge that you learned in the books, but they they do push you good in school and I appreciate that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about the... Uh like in the school, the mental health, we kind of talked about the fact like on the, on the chemical and the mental health side, maybe they open the doors for you. But what do you learn there from the mental health, the, the uh, stress, that side of things you guys get into a lot in the school? That's the spot that they, as with anything, that's a spot that lacks the most. Okay. And <clears throat> just like, just like with anything, chiropractic school as well. Um, they focus, like I said, a lot on um, the physical aspect and the nutritional aspect, which will play a huge role on mental aspect. Mm-hmm. But obviously there's a lot more to the mental aspect outside of just doing nutrition and, um, you know, moving properly, physical hands-on. Right. Um, so, you know, it lacks a little bit there and that's where you have to continuously learn more as far as how to help these patients out who are struggling with it. But like I said, they're all tied in together. For example, you're not feeling as good as you could mentally when there's, um, like a back pain, chronic back pain that's really bothering you mm-hmm. because your attention is being stolen to that pain. You're not able to focus on what you got to do and pretty soon you realize you're kind of down and out and beat about the day. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Physical can affect mental. Um, nutrition, if you eat something really junky, you're not going to feel as good. You just don't. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to obviously affect the mental side as well. You're in a, Some people get brain fog and fatigue and all that kind of stuff to, when they eat foods that they're reactive to. I've seen it many times in the clinic. Um and so there, there's another way of how chemical is tied to the mental. But mental alone, do they teach it in depth in school? Um, not not really. Sure. Just like with a lot of things. I feel like the mental side is kind of passed up a little bit. Yeah. No, because that's part of what I'm interested in here Like the, with this podcast is, again, psychology. Yeah. Um, initially, it was more like, hey, what drives somebody to do what they yeah. do? I mean, there's tons of within psychology there's so many aspects of it that i'm interested in but then weirdly through the health side of things now i'm really focused on again like the stress uh the mental health from that aspect um and understanding it's different for everybody but i guess just yeah that's a particular interest right now and and i'm curious how that plays out in a practice more it's it's got to be individualist like it just comes down to the individual, right? Because what's stressful for one person yeah. is a walk in the yeah. park for the it, next. It's about perceiving stress. And that's why they talk about, um, a lot of people talk about how women are oft- oftentimes more stressed than a man. Mm-hmm. And it's because of perceived stress, right? That men just don't stress as much as women do. Mm-hmm. They don't think as much about certain things and they, they don't really care and they don't stress about it. Right. Um, so it's all about, yeah, how you perceive certain things in your life and how you stress out about it. Right. Yeah. No, this stuff is fascinating to me. I wrote down on a, on a, on a paper today, I was talking uh, recently, I was like, okay, seems like since the autoimmune stuff that I had start, 
I had some other symptoms that come up that yeah. seem like they're related. Okay. And I, t- I tell my wife that, Hey, I just need to work through this. I need to fix this. That way I can get to this. Um, and, and almost use it as like a label or an excuse for the fact, like, because I have this autoimmune, it's okay that I have mm-hmm. these other symptoms going on mm-hmm. or because I have this, it's okay that I'm not doing this or whatever mm-hmm. else. And then thinking about that, I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to use that as a label, as an excuse to not work on something or not mm-hmm. do this or not live a fulfilling life or whatever mm-hmm. is like I wrote down on paper is like, no, I, I have to go back and look at what I even wrote, but basically saying, Hey, it's not an excuse, like mm-hmm. maximize your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let this label define you and hold you back from whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's, again, there's just so many aspects of it, but that that's the interesting part to me like the psychology side of it like what do you look at it as how do you view it how do you approach it do you let it hold you back do you grow from it um out of anything yeah and that's that's a lot of times what you'll see what dictates how successful a patient is on their treatment is is how much they allow that to hold them back um and it's so funny you bring up labels because it's it's interesting how people focus on labels so much. Like mm-hmm. I have, I am obese. I have type two diabetes. I am uh, basically a victim of this issue. Right. Um, and like, for example, if someone goes, you see this all the time in the clinic um, where they come in, they're like, yeah, I've had this chronic hip pain. They, they diagnose me as hip bursitis. And it's like, okay, it's just a label. All that means is your bursa and your hip is inflamed. Mm -hmm. So why is it inflamed? So let's dive into why it's inflamed. And so we start working through it. Um, Same thing with, you know, I got tendonitis. Okay, you got inflammation in your tendon. Why? Let's dive into it. Let's start working through it. Um, You know, and that goes with like autoimmune. I have this. Okay, why? And you start working through it. The labels are are just like fancy words of of saying what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And really they don't, other than diagnosing of you know what's going on inside you, it doesn't help you achieve health. Mm-hmm. It just it just gives you a label. Right. And a lot of people bank on it as their excuse, kind of. Yeah. Well, there's a comfort yeah. level with it. I get it. Like, again, I, I talked about it on here is call it rheumatoid arthritis, but I never had a doctor sit across from me and say, you have rheumatoid arthritis, right? A doctor had this super high elevated blood level says, you probably have rheumatoid arthritis. Let me for, refer you to a rheumatologist. Mm-hmm. Instead of going that route, I'm going through again, the diet, the, this mm-hmm. whole thing. And it's unbelievable results from it. But I still have this tendency. Like I want somebody to tell me you have X yeah, yeah. I, and, and <laughs> I don't know why that is or what that's for. And I think it's like a mental thing. Like you've lived your whole life life where you can if you have a problem you can say i have x and you can use that as a way to work through that but instead it's like goes back like no and even rheumatoid arthritis i think the term means something like joint pain or or inflammation of the joints or something like that arthritis is arthro talking about joints and itis inflammation so it's it's joint inflammation right um and so you just once again you got to dive into it why why do you have joint inflammation what's going on inside you um your body's giving you signs why is it putting out inflammation in your joints why is it attacking your joints and you just got to dive into it and figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. um and yeah like you said so many people want that i have blank Mm -hmm. um and maybe it'll give you some reassurance of what's going on but it does nothing whatsoever as far as treatment wise all it does is give you that label so you can go walk around puffing your chest out about your label right um you got to figure out how to how to fix it. Right. So, no, I get it. Like I said, I, I have the tendency. I want somebody to say you have X, there's some peace, there's some comfort there, whatever. But I'm realizing like that will do nothing but hold you back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And that's where I'm like today, I wrote it on a paper today. I've thought it many times and I've said before on here and I say this to be true, like I'm pumped this has happened to me. I'll be way healthier long-term because Mm -hmm. of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I still have this thing where mentally I can let it hold me back where again, I should go back and look what I wrote. But either way, the the theme was like no excuses, you know, Mm -hmm. like don't let that hold you back from doing anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you bring up how, um, you know, you're kind of glad that you found this out because now it makes you open your eyes and figure out what you can do about it. Um, and that's sometimes what you see with like patients when they come in with blood sugar issues, like they're on the edge of pre-diabetic or even starting to get into diabetic, um, diabetic ranges. It's like if they've caught it, they're doing themselves a favor Mm -hmm. because there's people out there who, if they don't have bad enough symptoms for them to go in, in the first place and catch it, they'll keep abusing their system where down the road, they'll end up with something much worse, Mm -hmm. um, where that high blood sugar can affect maybe their brain, for example, and lead to some form of dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now down the road, it's a lot more damaging. So sometimes when people come in and they have these pre-diabetic levels, it's like, Hey, you know, maybe you're a lucky one that you have pre-diabetic levels that are affecting you right now, because Mm -hmm. now you know to open up your eyes and to make the change right now before you keep abusing your system because you don't really notice the symptoms until later down later in life. Yeah, no, for sure. There's a lot of times I'm, I'm jealous of the guy who can enjoy a mountain dew and eat a piece of pizza. Right. (laughs) But at the same time, I, you understand that, like you said, maybe it's, it could affect them later down the road for sure. Yeah. And for me, it's way better to live this way versus how I used to live, Mm -hmm. which wasn't horrible, like pretty standard, typical Mm -hmm. American way. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'd way rather this, even though it's difficult, that's a relative term, but either way, difficult compared to the convenience lifestyle that I used to live. Right. Um, to me, it's just the answer long-term, but then I go back to, okay, if I didn't have these symptoms, would I ever get into this? Not, I don't think so. Yeah. Like you, which is a shame, mm-hmm. right? But like, if you don't have something pushing you into it, I'd say it's the rare, rare exception of a person that's going to dive that deep into mm-hmm. allergy testing and, and strict, yeah. strict eating and, and trying to figure out their life balance and trying to figure out stress. I don't, unless you have something push you into that, mm-hmm. I'd say the, it's a rare, rare person. Again, probably somebody that's gone through chiropractic school or again, this very rare person that's actually going to dive into a lot of those things. Yeah. Very, very rare. Like you said. Um, and that's because our country bases health off of symptoms so much. So if you don't have symptoms in the eyes of someone, you're healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, you hear people all the time being diagnosed with stage four cancer, Mm -hmm. right. And that was the first bit of symptoms they had was the day before they got diagnosed. Right. So it's just like, or for example, like heart disease, a lot of times the first symptom is, is a heart attack, which oftentimes leads to death. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to just base your health off of symptoms. If you truly wanted to figure out how your health was, you'd go get some extensive lab paneling done um, and kind of assess your health as far as how it's going on inside you. Mm-hmm. You'd also go do some physical tests to see how much physically you can handle to see how healthy you are compared to uh, maybe your cohort or maybe even compared to a cohort younger than you so that you could truly see if the rest of your cohort's unhealthy and you're equally as unhealthy, well, you're still unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing some kind of tests and comparing it to a healthy individual, maybe someone who's even younger than you or someone who would be quote unquote at their peak health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting just... Again, uh, this whole mental act is something that I go through and I appreciate and I like to think about again, like, are you going to use this as a label? What are you going to do with it? How do you react to it? To me, that's like the answer for everything in life. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you approach it? How do you receive what's happened to you? Because you can go through the same experience as somebody else. That person walks away frustrated. You walk away saying, boy, wasn't that great? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And why is that? What is that? And is it a frame of mind? Is it a mindset? And there, there's times where I will walk away frustrated. And eventually it seems like I try to get to the point where, no, that was a good thing. Yeah. You know You know what I mean? Like yeah. take a different approach to yeah. it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, no, that's a good way to go. You got to take a different approach. Um, I mean, it's, People talk about, for example, like let's just say um, becoming handicapped for some traumatic reason. Yeah. Um, how some people will absolutely thrive on it and mm-hmm. become like a motivational speaker and really see what they've had in life and how lucky they are to have these different things. And then other people will be affected negatively by it mm-hmm. and really be down in the dumps. Um, and it's all about perspective, like you said. And it's really good when you challenge your, challenge your brain to understand that there's different approaches to come. Uh, there's different ways to approach everything. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what I'm doing with health. I'm just approaching it a little bit differently. Um, I'm just saying that there's something inside your body that's going on that's causing these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you said, it's it's the way you approach it. And there's there's a you can always approach everything from a different angle and see it differently. Right. So. The, the crazy part or the sad part or the scary part is you have how many people, and again, anybody can fall into any trap, but you could live and use something as a label or live a very negative lifestyle for 50 years and have no idea Mm -hmm. where all it would take is at year one, have some mindset shift, have some change or have some adjustment and get down Mm -hmm. this different path or different trajectory. Mm -hmm. And you've got a way different life. Yeah. You know, and people are always focused on lifespan and not quality of life. Yeah. They're always focused on um, you know, that the average age of death is, is this, this age, mm-hmm. um, or so-and-so lived till this, this year's old. Um, but they never focus on quality of life. You know, what's, what's the point of living the last 20 years of your life? If you can barely get up, barely move, everything hurts. Um, and essentially you're just not really enjoying it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looking at quality over quantity is a big thing too. Yeah. No, another thing I think about too is, uh, like applies to health, but applies to everything. And actually I didn't even realize I had a, somebody asked me the other day, they were thinking about this important decision. And I eventually came to the point, like I said, when you're 80, when you look back, what will you have wished that you had done? Like to me, that's a super important thing. And then I Googled that somehow I found out that, uh, Amazon, who's the Amazon founder. Why can I think of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. yeah, he has the same metric. Basically, okay. he asked himself when he was going to start his company, when I'm 80, when I look back, what will I have wished okay. that I had done? To me, that's super relevant because yeah. like, usually it get, takes this answer of what should I not do? What should I do? And just, yeah. there's the answer. Yeah. You know, should you pursue this uh, adventurous thing or should you stay in the safe and secure? When you're yeah. 80, like, absolutely, you should have tried it, right? Yeah. And then thinking about that too, on the health side of things, when you're 80, you look back is, should I have taken care of my health? Should I have done this? Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. You you know, looking, like you said, when you're older and you're looking back, should I have done this or that, or could I have had, could I have had a better outcome? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and relating that back to symptoms, maybe they can think of back when they had a symptom and they could have changed it or whether they didn't have symptoms. Once again, how we can't always base that health off of symptom care. Um, and maybe that was their mindset. And some people will even say, don't fix what isn't broken. Mm-hmm. And so then I ask them, um, well, do you give your vehicle an oil change? Sure. You know, here your vehicle wasn't broken. You still, you still gave it some maintenance. Right. And, um, 
so reflecting back on what you could have changed, maybe you could have been more proactive on your on your certain areas of health um, and doing the maintenance or things that will help you out in the long run um, because, like I said, you give your you give your vehicle an oil change, you give your vehicle maintenance more than you give your own body, um, and what's more valuable than health? And there's mm-hmm. there's not much. So right. um, when you look at people sinking all this time and money into ma- uh, maintaining their their little toys of life, um, it just boggles my mind. Why don't you why don't you maintain or put a little bit of investment into uh, your health? Right. Um, you know you think you think. Uh, health and wellness is expensive give illness a try right Right. that's what they say so um yeah no reflect back and see where you could could make the change early on yeah no i watch chris williamson is a podcaster that i he puts out these different clips and shorts and i and he focuses a lot on psychology and stuff like this i'm pretty interested in that uh and he put out a clip the other day where he learned from a guy that was 50 some years old 55 whatever it was said i would give up all of my wealth right now to be 33 and healthy again uh, and like, that's interesting perspective. Like, I feel like you live your whole life. Like you're an eighth grader, like, man, I can't wait till I'm a junior yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean, you're this age. I can't wait till I'm here. I can't wait yeah. till I'm here. I can't, or I can't, what? No, like f- enjoy where you're at now, yeah. but also appreciate it and, and, and save it. I don't know. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think putting yourself in the age of being 50 or 80 or 90 or whatever the age is, it gives you perspective of where you're at now and can help you appreciate where you're at now. Yeah, definitely would be. Um, like, you know, you learn the most when you reflect back. And mm-hmm. if you can jump ahead and try and reflect proactively, um, yeah, like you said, I, I think you could make some changes on how you think or how you view certain things or what you could help prevent or make your life a better outcome. Yeah. Even for you, like I bet you, you uh, I don't know for sure, but I guess I'm curious, do you, you could find yourself like, man, I can't wait to get my own building. I can't wait yeah. to have to do this, whatever. Because <laughs> yeah. like eventually you'll probably like, man, I miss those days yeah. when I was. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and they say, they say if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious and anxiety, you're living in the future. And yeah. if you're content, you're living you're living present right now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, push for future and they're yeah. anxious about getting this or that or they can't wait till this happens. And yeah, a lot of people forget that they gotta just live for the present. You're 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 at you're where you're at right now. You just gotta you gotta enjoy it and and live it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, again. I, 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 I feel like some of these conversations I have, I can do a better job because I'm more removed, right? I can just be a bystander, let the person talk and, and enjoy it and appreciate it, whatever else. But here I feel like I'm so maybe jumping around because of the fact that this is like such a big part of my world right now. So I, I'm trying to balance like asking you about your stuff, but then that triggers something to me that I've been yeah. thinking about. So I'm, I'm jumping around and I feel choppy, Yeah, that's but okay. I guess whatever it is. Anyways, yeah. with that is trying to live more in the present and i feel like the better i the more healthier i am becoming i'm becoming more able to appreciate the moment would that make sense yeah oh for sure um because you're not going to appreciate that moment if you're not feeling very good right i mean you want to be out of that moment if you're feeling that bad yeah um so if the health you are absolutely you'll see like we talked about the mental health um a lot of patients mental health will be so much better if they're healthy or symptom free or feeling better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a big part of their living in the moment more than um, down and out about the pain they got and they can't wait to be out of it. And they're just trying to push through this time period until they feel better. Yeah. No, and, and even 
even pre-symptoms, like I, I would have said I felt great, right? But again, I guess there's the stress component side of life. And I think this is probably pretty typical for a father, but even like spending time and enjoying time with your kids versus, hey, I need to get this cleaned. I need to do this. I need to get this done, whatever. I think that's a super important part of life is slowing down and spending time with your kids and enjoying them and laughing in them with whatever. It feels like working on work-life balance, stress, my health, I'm more able to sit down, let something else go and appreciate the moment. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good thing to focus on. And I think it's a lot of, a lot of what people have to work on is, is exactly what you said. Um, kind of just slowing things down a little bit, focusing in the moment, enjoying the small things that they can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even right now, like I, I struggle with that myself. I, new startup business, right? right. <laughs> You're busy as all get out trying to get things rolling, keep it rolling, uh, figure more things out, trying to expand, trying to catch up on work. Um, you know, big area of work for myself too, is getting that healthy balance. Yeah. I would bet that's something that most people, and it seems like I'm just putting men in this category and maybe I can speak from that perspective. I would guess most younger and then you'd even throw fathers in the mix or even not whether, whether or not anyways, I would say that's true of most people struggling to live in the moment, working on the future, not appreciating what you have. Uh, and then you don't realize it till it's too late that look what I had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like you said, so many people out there, um, they're not living in the moment and you see them, they are, they're anxious, right? Right. They're living in the future. Um, some people are a little depressed. They're, they're living in the past a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of how many people who are not anxious, anxiety or depressed is a very few percent of people. (laughs) There's a lot of people who could slow down their lifestyles and enjoy what they have currently. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, maybe take, try and proactively reflect back on how they can make change right now if they need to. Um, and essentially how to better their life position for, for later down the road. Mm -hmm. And it feels like this is a growing world, right? Like this, this whole picture approach to health, uh, the chiropractic world, the uh, nutrition through COVID potentially, but it feels like this is a a growing thing. Do you feel that like people's interest in in awareness of this? Yeah. I was just talking to someone the other day in the clinic. Um, I was telling them how, how it's pretty cool to see how many people are actually becoming more proactive about their health and starting to understand a little bit more. And they're more interested on how to prevent things or look further into things. Um, because I've definitely noticed that, uh, as far as the amount of people who are trying to look further into what's going on with their health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why so many different, for example, like chiropractic, it's, it's, it's always growing. Um, in someone like myself where I open up shop here in a small town and, you know, fortunately it's, it's been pretty darn good. I've mm-hmm. never dealt with um, a very slow period of time yet. And right. I think it's a lot to do with um, more and more people are starting to understand more about their health and how they can kind of jump on it more proactively um, and just understanding the different options that are out there rather than just a one option approach. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. To me, it's like a, a shift in health, wellness, and that in 50 years, we're going to look way different than we do right now. Or like we're in that transition moment right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably true of like education as well. Uh, It feels like education is going through a a reshaping program, Uh, not knowing where that's going to go, but it feels like it's following the same trajectory. 
you know, there's, there's questioning of this traditional institution, even though there's value in those, just like you said, there's value in the medical, the traditional medical world, there's value in the traditional education system. It just feels like it's changing and shifting. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes over the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is an early transition going on right now. Um, obviously there's a lot of work to do with it. Cause yeah. like when you talk about, um, like for example, last week I, a Jefferson middle school teacher invited me over to the Jefferson middle school to do a little nutrition talk. Um, and I was very happy to go do that because mm-hmm. when you think about nutrition, especially when you think about true nutrition, not just the, um, the classic basic poor principles of nutrition that a lot mm-hmm. of people know, um, that is just never, never taught No, like ever in elementary, middle school, high school. Um, and so I was very happy to go there and, and share the word um, because I think that lacks. But like you said, I think there's a they're starting to transition into adding more of that into their programs. Um, people are opening up their eyes a little bit more to it. I mean, if you look at a lot of chronic disease, a lot of them are still on the uprise. But like you said, I think there's a transition where a lot of people are opening their eyes and hopefully we'll start to see some of those start to decline in the next 20, 30 years um, because of the maybe early onset of transition right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely... Um, a lot of work to do with that because like I said, I went there, Jeffers Middle School, um, and I would love to e- go to other schools as well too. I had a lot of fun talking to the kids. They had a lot of good questions. It was surprising. They had some really good questions. Hmm. Um, so I think they were intrigued, entertained. Um, and so I would love to keep spreading that word because it, yeah, it, it might be an early transition right now, but it's, it's failed to be talked about in basically every level of, of, um, education yeah and it seems it seems like i hear a lot about it but it might be like because of the people i'm surrounded by right now right yeah uh whereas like talking about some of these things might be totally foreign to some people i don't know it feels like it's like i'm aware of it everybody i know is aware of it um and yeah i don't know it's just interesting to see where it's going and what's happening with it all yeah i think it's probably a lot of who you surround yourself with is my guess because the same thing that is what i thought is um I feel like basically everybody knows what I know right. and I forget people don't know what I know. Yeah. And because like when you look at the different social media pages I follow um, or what content I'm looking at, it, you know, it's all similar minded people. So I just forget that there's people out there who have no idea mm-hmm. of, of kind of my understanding of health, nutrition um, and all that, that aspect. So I think it's a big part of it, probably who you surround yourself with. Um, but there, I'm sure there's a little transition there right now. Yeah. Um, like I've had, like I said, I was talking to some patients where it's really cool how they're taking advantage of their health, trying to proactively prevent things right now um, to the point where there's a, there's a handful of people where they do um, more like maintenance care. They mm. come in every once in a while because they're making sure their their body's maintained, right? It's mm-hmm. that, the oil change for your body, making sure it's maintained. Um, they're coming in you know, once a month, some of them are. Some of them are actually once a week because they're not only maintenance, but they're also kind of dealing with... Um, ongoing issue Mm -hmm. um and so it's a lot of a lot of fun to see the people who take that step of care in their in their health um and it's it's been a lot of fun to work with some of these patients for for example i was going to tell you about i'm going to kind of tie this in it might seem like a little rabbit hole but i'm going to kind of tie it in here um of how first how chiropractic was founded Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard the story on how it was ever founded Uh, no no, I haven't. So okay. can you get into that? Um, yeah. So back in, 
1890s, um, the guy who kind of founded chiropractic, D.D. Palmer, he was working in an office building in Davenport, Iowa. He's doing his studies um, in, in kind of trying to put to use what he's learning about the body. Um, and the janitor in that building had been deaf for 17 years. Um, and so he was looking at how the nerves come out of the spine and how they affect the end organ function. Mm-hmm. So when a nerve leaves your spine, it goes to somewhere in your body. Um, for example, the nerves in your upper back go to your heart and lungs. The nerves from your neck more so go to your arms. Uh, the nerves from your mid back go more to your abdomen area. The nerves from your low back go to more like your bowels and um, kind of your gut in uh, reproductive organs. Um, so the nerves leave the spine and go somewhere. And so what he was looking at is how he could change this person's hearing by trying to adjust the area of the spine where that nerve leaves to go to the ear. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he did. He did a neck adjustment on this on this guy and he actually, he fixed him from being deaf. Unreal. And so that's how it first started. Um, so to tie that story now into what I've been doing in the office, like I was saying, people who are keeping up on their maintenance care, um, I've been working with a younger boy who, who had nighttime bedwetting hmm. and we were doing adjustments once a week on him. And after... About a month, he pretty soon he hasn't had any more wet nights, and oh, now, yeah. now he's been about like, like two months now without any wet nights. Yeah, and so that's that end organ function that we're talking about. How it's how it's really fun to see patients open their eyes and understand the levels of care that they can have. Um, and so now we've been working with this younger boy because he was wetting the bed at night. You'd never. The average person would never relate that to chiropractic care, but you got to look at where that nerve goes to. And so I'm adjusting areas of his spine, focusing on those areas of the spine that affect those um, reproductive organs that that help you urinate and things like that, Mm -hmm. um, which is down in the low back in the pelvis area. And so I was doing a lot of work with that. And and lo and behold, we had a lot of great symptoms there and they still come in for their, like I said, maintenance care. They're doing a great job about it. Um, And being in the chiropractic world like myself obviously going through the internship programs it it's more common than you think to see that kind of stuff hmm. uh someone has some kind of breathing issue asthma um that was fixed by the repetitive adjustments to that area of the spine where the nerve leaves to help kind of put the stimulation back into that nerve and clear up um any kind of interference if we put it into an analogy of like if you had a circuit for a light switch and a light if there's something that kind of messed with that wire that light might flicker and shut off Mm -hmm. um and so putting that stimulation to kind of connect those wires a little bit per se um and make that connection better sure no that's a cool story that's crazy it has been a lot of fun to uh to work with those people who who understand that maintenance style care to understand the the depth of chiropractic care that it can affect a lot more than um you know just like back pain or something like that yeah no i um I was just thinking that with that in mind, is there's a part of me that thinks about the fact of like, hey, what about the people who don't agree with us? Again, there's some other people that say, hey, this is uh, not the way to go, but also like, who cares, right? Like f- help the people that you find in your circle that want help from you and mm-hmm. focus on that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, some people um, some people are just not ready to open their eyes to it. So yeah. I guess all you can do is um, encourage them, give them, the, give them the stories, how you can help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some people are just resistant to it. They're not ready to open their eyes. Uh, and, and maybe one day once they have 
a bad experience, they'll look for a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying I wish that upon them, but that's usually how people end up opening their eyes. They're resistant to it until something causes them to make that change. Sure. Um, and so, like I said, mine, for example, I wasn't having that relief with my skin condition. Mm-hmm. And if I find out that the pill wasn't going to fix it, it's kind of just painting that brown leaf green, right? Mm-hmm. Every day I just paint that brown leaf green with that pill. Um, what would happen every day if I didn't take that pill? It would come right back. And so something's going on. And so that's what kind of opened my eyes. But yeah, a lot of people are resistant to it until they have something that makes them push for change. Sure. Sure. Well, no, I appreciate it, Lance. Before we get off, I should have you say where people can find you, check you out, different websites or whatever you've got going on. Where can people reach out to you if they do want to dive into some of this? Yeah, for sure. Um, a great source to start with is our website, Thrive Chiropractic and Wellness Um, or you can always call or text 906-275-2077. That's the office number. Um, or go check out our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Thrive Thrive Chiropractic Houghton. Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate it. Is there anything else we should have covered? Anything that you thought of that we didn't get into? Anything like that? Um, no, I, I think we I think we covered it all. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me, Logan. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Like I said, I can get... J- j- this is one of my harder ones, not because I don't enjoy it or don't appreciate it, but just like trying to balance like my own personal questions. If we were sitting around a campfire to what puts you in a weird spot and whatever. So anyways, we, we chopped through it. Yeah. Chopped through it. That's okay. Um, and yeah, if there's ever more information, I'm always, I'm always glad, happy to share. So yeah. Appreciate it. Lance. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.